It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five. Is where you can follow me on Twitter, and we're live right here on Veasan Esports Betting Network at Veasan Live. Is where you can catch all the content from Veasan on the tweets. We're live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois, and tonight we'll be hitting the board specifically throughout the NBA. A little bit of MLB talk as well. But Josh Applebaum, Veasan's betting reporter, will be joining us in ten minutes to go over some of the biggest line movements and market adjustments throughout the NBA slate this evening. Plus, we'll have some props to hit. And then VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, he'll be joining us as well, taking a look at the latter half of that slate tonight throughout the association. So plenty of action to come on the hardwood. In between that, we don't really have an MLB slate to look forward to tonight because all the games were relatively early. So instead, we're going to take a look at some of these division odds. Now, we've hit it a little bit here and there, and... Basically, what I've just been talking about with these divisions is be sure to keep up on them and just keep checking in every now and then because they're fluctuating so often and frequently in a season that takes so long to finish that has its ups and downs. So there are some good opportunities if you pick and choose the right spots, and we'll go over it and see if there's any of those tonight. But before we get to all of that, let's kind of start with the NBA with some of the biggest news that came out in the association, and that will revolve around the Brooklyn Nets. Now, James Harden... Was a big question mark. Is he going to return? When is he going to? Is he going to be 100%? Well, the news came out that he said he will return before the postseason. So that's huge for the Nets, huge for Nets backers. What kind of impact will that have? Well, we assume it's going to be a great one. But again, we haven't seen these three guys, being Kyrie, Kevin, and James, play together more than, I don't know the exact number, but it's very seldom that it's occurred. So this could be kind of the same scenario that happened with the Clippers when they had their three guys and it didn't really pan out in the playoffs. We've talked about it with this Nets team. Are they worth a bet to win the Eastern Conference? In my opinion, no, they're not. Not only because there's a lot of unanswered questions with them in terms of are they going to play well together. And realistically, yes, they probably will. And no, it's not going to surprise me if they win the Eastern Conference. But at a price at minus 112, I just don't think that's a good look whatsoever. In terms of futures... No, you never want to lay a number really ever, especially if a team is incredibly dominating, even if it is only minus 112, but especially with a team that has suffered injuries all throughout and doesn't really have that familiarity, so to say. So with the Nets here at minus 112, again, I'd still be sticking away from it. At that point, instead of just laying minus 112, wait to if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and if it's going to be against a team, I don't know, maybe like the 76ers, I'm sure you'll get relatively the same price. And if not then you're laying a little bit more to have more insurance to know that they at least make it that far. So that would probably be the better option going if you want to bet the Brooklyn Nets in terms of a longer outlook. But again, these odds really haven't shifted whatsoever. I mean, we talked about it with Milwaukee at plus 350. That's where they still remain. The 76ers at plus 440. Now, we know the 76ers have somewhat of a comfortable lead in that number one spot right now, two games ahead of the Nets. Then Milwaukee comes three games back, and then it drops far down with the Knicks coming next the four seed eight games back from the one seed so the 76ers a play that we made what two weeks ago now a plus 440 that's where they still remain again would still absolutely recommend playing philadelphia at plus 440 the heat at 12 to 1 the celtics at 20 to 1 hawks 40 to 1 along with the knicks 
really, I mean, it's those top three teams. And which one do you think comes out on top? And again, with me, Milwaukee, I don't think is deep enough. You take Giannis out of the mix, and I don't really even think they're that top of a team in the Eastern Conference. The Nets, again, I've already stressed my issues with them. The 76ers are the deepest team and best defensively out of those top three squads. And they arguably have the MVP and Joel Embiid in that mix, too. So the fact that you're getting the best value out of them with Philadelphia, still riding that train, plus 440, the best price and the best selection out of the Eastern Conference. So that's really the direction that I would still go. We're holding on to that ticket. But don't let the news of James Harden coming back sway you to want to jump in on the Nets because, again, lane minus 112, yes, this far out still because the postseason hasn't begun. Wait till maybe you can jump in on those series prices coming into the Eastern Conference Finals because if they don't make it then, all right, then you save yourself some money and you didn't lay a price. But if they do, maybe they're minus 130, minus 150. Okay, personally, I'd be willing to lay a little bit more in that sense than betting it this far out because then you know they at least made it there. That's kind of my thought process on it, but that's the biggest news really coming out of the NBA tonight. James Harden saying that he is going to return before the postseason. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, live here out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook and presented by Bet Rivers here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. Coming up in about five minutes, Josh Applebaum, VEASAN's betting reporter, will join us to hit the earlier NBA slate and then to hit the latter half. VEASAN's senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, will be joining us as well. Talk a little bit of MLB division odds, too, and some prop plays. But speaking of plays, let's kind of keep our conversation going with the Brooklyn Nets. Now I advised you not to put a ticket on them to win the Eastern Conference at this point. But I'm going to be doing the opposite with them in terms of tonight in their matchup against the Mavericks. Now, I actually played Brooklyn earlier today because I didn't know where this line was really going to end up. I thought it might get higher based on injury news. So I actually laid somewhat of a steep price of minus 160 with Brooklyn, but now they're down to minus 143. They're laying three on the spread, plus 123 on the buyback for Dallas. Total 235 is what we're seeing. So the Nets are in a little bit of a slump here. They're coming in on a three-game losing streak. Mavs, conversely, uh, they're coming off a win at Miami, 127 to 113. Porzingis and Kleber are going to be out, however, for Dallas. Now, I get it. Porzingis isn't the same player as he once was, but those are two big bodies that are going to be absent from this game. And it's not that the Brooklyn Nets have huge bodies that are scoring consistently. I mean, Blake Griffin's not really a game changer per se, but still it's a couple of guys who can help you down low in an area where the Mavs somewhat struggle. Now, they have played earlier this season. The Mavs did beat the Nets 115-98. to That was at the end of February. But look, Porzingis and Kleber were both in the game and also in that spot. The Nets didn't have Kyrie or Durant playing. It was just James Harden. Now it's going to be the opposite. Harden's out, but Kyrie and Katie look to be good to go. Some trends for this spot as well. The Mavericks, 2-7 and seven ATS, their last nine home games. The Nets, conversely, 4-0 and oh ATS, their last four games as a favorite. I get the markets moving the opposite way from Brooklyn, but I think it's a good spot here. I've kind of had this fallacy before with Brooklyn, thinking, ah, it seems a little bit too good to be true with this spot. And then I kind of talk myself out of it, and they end up winning it. Well, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is in this time. I'm going to go with Brooklyn, and I would lay again, I mean, with the money line, because I paid a little bit more, minus 143 is what you're getting with Brooklyn. I think it's a favorable matchup tonight with Dallas. I mean, in my opinion, who's going to be stopping Kevin Durant? Size-wise, Luka's the one guy that really matches up with him, but Luka's not a tough defender. He's more focused on the offensive side of the ball. So I think KD goes off as well. His prop is 29.5 tonight. It's slightly shaded to the over. He's gone over that the last two games, so if you want to play a prop as well, I think Kevin Durant would be a good move tonight. 
Again, 29 and a half is the last I saw, but I really just don't think they're going to have an answer for Kevin Durant. Kyrie may be having a little bit tougher matchup because Jalen Brunson, if he's going to be playing a decent amount in this game, which we expect he will, Brunson's a pretty solid defender. So we'll see what Kyrie's capable of. But I think this is a game that we could see Kevin Durant really go off. And overall, I think the Brooklyn Nets get the dub. And I took them on the money line. Spreadwise, they're laying three. Total at 235. It's shaded to the over a little bit, minus 112. Unders minus 109. Uh, no strong thoughts here. I, I personally, in general, haven't played much totals, but especially when you're seeing it as high as 235. I know it seems impossible to want to bet an under with this Brooklyn Nets team, but that's kind of just my thought process in terms of totals in general with the NBA. But all right, let's bring in VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum to kick things off at Josh underscore insights is where you can follow him on Twitter and produces the Market Insights podcast Monday through Friday. Does a great job on the Lombardi line, betting across America, and many more. Josh, we got to get right into it because I was just talking about it. I know you're probably going to be on the opposite side of me here, uh, but what's your thought process here with this Nets and Mavs game, my man? So, Danny, it's great to be with you, my man. Uh, before we get out of here, I got to give you a comment on MLB dogs in general because we're seeing some incredible things with plus money dogs in Major League Baseball. Something to apply. Uh, not, not too many games left in MLB, but something to uh, just kind of update people on in a second. But, Danny, you are right. Big matchup here. Nets and the Mavs. What intrigued me a little bit, Danny, uh, is just a contrarian opportunity with kind of a bit of a line freeze on the Mavs. So, um, you are right. The Nets, you know, uh, did take in some action. They opened. You know, some shops were two and a half up to three, but some shops are falling a little bit now as we speak, the three down to the two and a half. So to me, that's important because number one, uh, this is the most lopsided play of the night across the market. You're getting about eight out of 10 bets on the Nets here. And I think what you're looking at is, you know, Nets team that's lost three straight. So I think the, uh, you know, kind of the thought process here is great team. Uh, they lost two to Milwaukee, lost to Portland here. They're in a good spot to bounce back and get a win. But I think maybe the Mavs are kind of an undervalued play tonight because they're seven and two their last nine. Um, and you're really getting some, you know, elevated contrarian value on the Mavs tonight. So uh, kind of the fact that it was at three to me, Danny, and came back down to two and a half at some shops, told you you're taking in a little bit of money here on the Mavericks. They'd also match some systems that I like looking at um, kind of just some some opportunities to go contrarian in a non-conference game where you're getting points as a home dog. Not a bad spot historically. Also a short dog with a high total. When you have those high totals, uh, sometimes they can be beneficial to dogs because more expected runs scored or in baseball or in, ho in hockey, higher goals in the NBA and basketball, uh, more points scored. Sometimes that can lead to more variance, more upset opportunities, betting the, uh, you know, benefiting the team, getting some points here. So, uh, Danny, I know we're on opposite sides there. Yeah, at least one of us will win this play. But what I like here, maybe if you're uh, you know, kind of split on the spread, is the total. You have a lot of systems here that will benefit taking the over in this game. I know it's a really high total, but if you'll get these really, really high totals this year, there's kind of a thought process of, hey, it's so high, it can't possibly go over. But what we've seen with this one, Danny, it's not that lopsided. It opened at around 234. It's up to around 234 and a half. Some shops have inched up to 235 as well. And when you look at these non-conference overs where the line stays the same or rises, they're 54% so far this year to the over. And then here's the one I like, 235 or higher, those really high, high totals. Uh, they're 58% to the over. You also have an added benefit of a short spread. Anytime you're on an over, those short spreads, five or less, doesn't matter who's favored, uh, that can be an, you know, an intrinsic benefit to the over because it might be back and forth. It could be close. Maybe you get overtime, Danny. So, um, again, looking at you know uh, kind of an opportunity to go contrarian if you like the Mavs in a high total over if you want to sweat some points in this one. Yeah, seldom are Josh and I 
button heads on a play. So it's never fun when that happens. But I was going to say the same thing, Josh. At least one of us will come out victorious at the end of it. So we'll see what but, happens but also, in that spot. Yeah, go ahead. Danny, Danny, I was just going to say, you have uh, Moneyline play on the Nets, right? That's right, yeah. So you got the money line. I got the plus plus three. They, you know, they win by two, one. Hey, we, we both get happy there. Hey, that would be incredible. We're hoping for that middle there, baby. That's what we're rooting for. That would be perfect case scenario. So we'll be looking forward to that. And like you mentioned before, uh, we'll also get to baseball, like you mentioned, because I'm very curious to get your update with the dogs. But I want to roll on here with a little bit of basketball action. Because this next game, I, you know, I was scratching my head a little bit with the Raptors and the Wizards because the Raptors open up as the favorite, and you think, oh, but the Wizards have been doing so well lately. And then you remember, well, they had a tough game last night against Milwaukee, went deep into the 130s with each team, and they dropped it. But the market's going in favor of Washington here. They're ignoring the back-to-back -back factor. Now Washington, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, total at about 237, same kind of area we were just talking about, short spread, higher total in the 230s. Is this kind of the same angle you're looking at with this matchup? A little bit, Danny. I think, you know, number one is definitely a big move here toward Washington. I think you would have really liked to jump on Washington a little bit earlier because a lot of these books, as you mentioned, Danny, it opened around Raptors minus three. So automatically at that point, you know, I think the hesitation there was the fact that the Wizards are on a back-to-back and the, and the Raptors, um, you know, are, are rested here. They have an extra day of rest. However, that's been mitigated a little bit. I mean, these are two teams that are really trending in completely opposite directions. The Wizards, you think of them as being a really bad team, but they're 30 and 36. They're at that 10 seed. They're going to be kind of a dangerous team if you have to match up against them in a, in a play-in game here. They're also 13 and four over their last 17. They've played really good basketball. And then Toronto, Danny. Toronto's a team that is really packing it in. I don't know if Adam Silver is going to find them for, you know, quasi-tanking here. But they're two and five, their last seven. They're the 11 seed. They're three games out from the play in with not many games left. So it's, they're not uh, technically eliminated, but for all intents and purposes, their season is over. And this is a team with the Raptors that, you know, we're seeing them rest players. And, you know, you would think if you're uh, getting ready for the playoffs, you, you know, it makes sense to rest guys. They're resting guys. So I think so they keep losing here, Danny. So tonight, what you did see is this big move to the Wizards going from plus three all the way to minus two now at most shops. Uh, so big dog to fave line move to the Wiz. And this is because Toronto, once again, is resting a lot of guys. Uh, Kyle Lowry is out, Baines, Anunoby, Watanabe, a bunch of these players that um, you would you would think would play in these spots are being held out. So that's one reason for that big move to the Wizards. I would look at the Wizards now as a money line play. I wouldn't really want to lay the two, just the off chance they, you know, they win by two and you push. So on the money line, minus 130, that would intrigue me. But you got a lot of good data on the Wizards here, Danny. Wizards are 38 and 28 ATS this year. Believe it or not, they're the fifth best team uh, in terms of covering so far this season. You're up around eight units betting on the Wizards with the spread every game. And also road favorites, they're five and one ATS as a road favorite, 83%. And here's the other one. Anytime the line moves at least a point toward the Wizards, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, plus five down to plus four or minus three to minus four, as long as you have a, a full point move in favor of Washington this year, the smart money on Washington has done very well. It's 10 and five ATS in this spot, 67%. So again, you would have loved, you know, a plus three, a plus two with Washington, but still, I think with this line move, maybe a money line play now on Washington. Wow. I actually like that a lot. I didn't even really realize how many players the Raptors are sitting. And for the fact that, yeah, money line, it's only about minus 121. I think I might hop on that with you. I like that a lot with Washington, a team that's really just been playing a lot more competitively and stronger as of late. Forget the back-to-back -to -back. Toronto, like you alluded to, pretty much tanking as of this point and missing a lot of their players. So I'll probably be riding Washington with you tonight as they take on the Raptors.
And then finally, Josh, in terms of the NBA, let's talk Hawks and Pacers. Any opportunity to fade Indiana, I'm all for it because we took a bet on them to miss the playoffs at about plus 260 a month or so ago, and they've been a team that just is really losing it as of late. Atlanta's lane seven on the road in this spot, total at 240. What do you like in this one? Yeah, Danny, so I'm with you, and that was a great call by you getting that plus money to miss the playoffs because this is another team that I don't know if it's intentional, but just bit by the injury bug here with a lot of their guys being out. So uh, Atlanta, Indy tonight, number one, Atlanta, 37-30, and 30, having a good season, uh, kind of surprisingly since they fired their coach uh, and McMillan took over. This has been a team that's played good basketball. They've now won three straight. They're the five seed in the playoffs right now, Try and they have motivation to try to avoid this play-in situation. But Indy, one and in four their last five. Right now, they're the eight seed. They would have to go through this play-in situation here. But, Danny, I like this move toward the uh, the Hawks tonight. Hawks are uh, open minus five and a half. They're up to around minus six and a half. If you like them, you probably want to jump on them now because some shops look like they may be touching seven. We'll have to check on that. But what I like is an angle on both teams on a back-to-back. -back. Anytime you see both teams on the second leg of a back-to-back -back where they're both tired, you know, the rest or tired factor is equal for both. But anytime you have a back-to-back -back both teams, wherever that line moves toward, the team it goes toward is 29 and 15 ATS this year. That's a 66% cover rate. So with this line moving toward Atlanta, both back-to-back, -back, that would match that 66% ATS system. And then again, another injury type situation. Indy doesn't have Brogdon. They don't have Turner. They don't have Lamb. They don't have Sumner. They're down quite a few players here. You also have the benefit of some uh, road referees tonight, Danny. A couple of the refs tonight, uh, James Williams and Derek Richardson, both uh, about 54, 55% ATS to the road team. So that's an added benefit. It's not a huge thing, but it's a cherry on top if you do want to lay the points with the Hawks. And also the Hawks, um, they've been really good as a favorite this year. 20 and 13 ATS is a favorite, 61%. And on the flip side, the Pacers as a dog, 11 and 19 ATS. Uh, they're only 37%. Pacers also at home, straight up, only 11 and 20. So if you want to lay the points here, I'd be looking at the Hawks as a play. Uh, kind of as you, as you mentioned, Danny, a fade of, uh, of the Pacers in this spot. All right, Josh, and then before we wrap up here, let's take it to the diamond. We've been talking about this every time we have you on, but it seems to keep continuing. MLB underdogs, explain how they've been faring out thus far in the season. Yeah, Danny, unfortunately, we don't have too many games later tonight. It was more of a day game on a Thursday today, but we just, I just wanted to mention this, just dogs crushing in Major League Baseball right now. So, again, things can change. There's, there's probably going to be some regression at some point, but I think it illustrates the fact that betting baseball is different from any other sport. So today you've already seen big dog upsets with Houston beating the Yankees. Texas, uh, and Houston was plus 175 against the Yankees. Texas, plus 157 today, got a win. Cleveland, plus 123, another dog winner here. So the key, Danny, is that dogs so far this season – having one of their best seasons in recent memory, they're 219 and 239. They're only winning 47.8% of their games, but this is why we love baseball, Danny. You're only winning, you know, let's say 48%, yet you're up 53 units betting dogs this year. That means a $100 guy betting every dog is up over $5,000 right now. So uh, that would be an ROI return on investment of around 12%. Yeah, Danny, they've been killing it here. So I don't think you want to blindly bet every dog. You know, to me, I want line movement toward a dog. I like divisional dogs. I like dogs with high totals, dogs off a win. All those things, if you can layer on, you're going to feel more confident about it. But it just illustrates the fact that, you know, if you're hitting 48% of your NFL spread bets, you're down, you know, pretty decent amount here because you're laying the juice. But with these plus money dogs, you can be slightly below 50%. But with these plus money payouts, you're doing very, very well this year. Now, I know you like to factor in the line movement a lot, but with Betting baseball, certainly the starting pitching is such a big factor. How do you how does your process kind of go? Do you look at the line movement and then kind of 
delve into the starting pitching or, or how do you kind of really just go about your whole analysis with it when it terms of betting the underdog? Great point by you, Danny. Yeah, you know, starting pitchers are key. You know, starting pitchers in baseball, like a quarterback in football, a goalie in hockey, there's it's the person who touches the puck or the ball or, you know, the most time has the most influence on the game. So uh, one thing very simple, Danny, I'm looking at uh, lefty-righty matchups like the Cubs in your, in your neck of the woods are crushing lefties this year. Uh, same thing with the White Sox. Same thing with the Oakland A's. There are certain teams against lefties that have some great records. That's something I like. And if you're getting a dog, like, for instance, the Texas Rangers uh, yesterday against a lefty, um, you know, I think the Rangers, they're bad against righties, but they're like 13 and four against lefties here. So take into account the line movement, because to me, you know, the way the line moves is is kind of based upon the way respected money is moving and respected money, much smarter guys than me, Danny, who, you know, the Billy Walters of the world, they're the ones moving the numbers. They have all this data and more. But if you can layer on little things like that, uh, also bullpen ERA, you know, you don't want to be on a. Uh, a, a team that has a terrible bullpen ERA, they might be good all, all game, but seventh inning comes around, they might blow it for you. So um, take into account the line move. But to me, Danny, very simple, lefty-righty. If you see a team that crushes lefties and they're a dog and they're a high total type situation, a dog off a win, all that stuff I love seeing with a dog. Love it. There it is. Great info per usual from v betting reporter Josh Applebaum. Josh, my man, hopefully we get ourselves some winners. I'm telling you on the Wizards tonight, so we'll be rooting for that together. Take care, my man. Thanks, Danny. Go Wiz. Josh underscore insights is where you can follow him on Twitter. Catch the Market Insights podcast Monday through Friday. Love talking with Mr. Applebaum. Coming up next, we're going with Prop Shelf in the NBA. Stick around. More plays. the most out of all odds with bet rivers daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only one-time playthrough offer valid in illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem Call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant of the illinois gaming board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program it's a daily hometown discount betrivers.com Back at it here on Rush Hour on Eason, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois. Big thanks to Josh Applebaum for hopping on, talking some hoops and a little bit of baseball. If you missed it, uh, the bet that we had tonight, we had the Nets on the money line, me personally. And then I'm rolling with Josh Applebaum. I'm going to add the Wizards on the money line, minus 121 is where you can snag it really quick before the game's about to tip off in about 10 minutes. So if you want to ride with us, that's where you could get it. Bet Rivers minus 121 with the Wizards as well. Personally, I'm going to be riding the Nets also. Uh, but sticking in the NBA, let's look a little bit later down the board of games tonight. And let's go to La La Land where the Lakers are taking on the Clippers. The Clippers technically the home team here. And the Clippers laying eight and a hook minus 375 on the money line plus 290 on the buyback for the Lakers with no LeBron James. Total a shorter one, 211 and a half. 
like we said, no LeBron James. Anthony Davis should be good to go. Even though LeBron's out, yes, I truly believe the Clippers are going to win this game. Uh, it's hard not to think that way, but eight and a half, a little too steep maybe for my liking. So uh, nothing of interest that I'd want to go with in that route. But a couple players that could be of interest in terms of their props. And let's start with Kawhi Leonard. 22 and a half is where his is posted this evening. Over, under, minus 113 each way. Now, overall on the season, he's racking up about 25.3 points per contest. However, since his return, uh, he's been held under this mark in the last two games, but overall the last three. He had 13 and 16 in his two games since he has returned to the lineup. Now, in two matchups against the Lakers, one being April 4th, he went 8 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 2 from beyond the arc, 101 from the free throw line, racked up 19 points. The first game of the season, back on uh, December 22nd against the Lakers, yes, you don't want to take this into account too much, but he racked up 26 points in that matchup. Now, looking kind of further in where Kawhi really thrives offensively, half of his shots come from mid-range, and he's making 48% of those. Now, the Lakers, yes, with LeBron out, is going to be a different outlook defensively, but they do limit opponents to shooting just 39% from mid-range, which is second best in the association. So, of course, LeBron, assuming he would probably guard Kawhi now that he's out of the mix, who's going to match up with him? Look, that's a trickier situation. I understand that. But if you believe the Clippers really dominate in this game, they're not going to be needing to play Kawhi Leonard this late, and especially if the rest of the team is kind of finding their own rhythm, Kawhi's not going to need to dominate, especially once again, because LBJ is out of the mix. So I would actually look under 22 and a half in this spot. It's tough to bet an under with Kawhi, even when it's relatively lower at 22 and a half, but that's the direction I'd probably be leaning with Leonard tonight against the Lakers. Speaking of the Lakers, let's take a look at Anthony Davis and his prop this evening. He's going to be having to score some points without his teammate in LeBron James playing his sidekick. Now, uh, look, the Lakers, a completely different team without LeBron in the mix. We've seen Anthony Davis struggle when he hasn't been there. But in terms of his points prop, 22.5 is what we're seeing. It is shaded to the over, minus 125, under, minus 103. Davis, relatively lower average, 21 points per game this season. Against the Clippers back in the first game of the season, only dropped 18 points. Now, just out of curiosity, I looked how he's doing without LeBron in the lineup. So the last four games when it's been without LeBron, he's still averaging pretty much the same. 21.5 points per game. He's gone over 22.5 in two out of four of those spots. Now, when you look at Davis and where he chooses to shoot most frequently, 54% of his shots come from mid-range, and he's making 44% of them. Plus, 31% come at the rim, and that's where he's making 78% of them. Now, the Clippers are allowing opponents to shoot 43% from mid-range, which is 22nd worst, and 64% at the rim, which is 16th, so middle of the pack. But if Anthony Davis catches a rhythm from mid-range, he realizes he has to be the guy, which he does in this spot without LBJ, I think over 22.5 could be a solid look for Davis. I'm not thrilled about laying the minus 125. I didn't play it officially, nor did I with the Kawhi Leonard one. But I think Davis over 22.5 could be a solid look. Kawhi Leonard under 22.5 would probably be the directions I would play both of those guys. But again, in terms of the ones that we are officially playing, they're about to get underway. We're rolling with the Nets, money line, and the Wizards. Hopefully we get a couple winners on the hardwood this evening. We'll still talk more NBA action with decent senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. He'll be joining us in about 15 minutes or so. But before that, let's get an update on baseball and those division odds. Which ones could be an opportune for you, opportunity for you to make some money? We'll discuss next.
Tomorrow, VEASAN brings you the English Premier League betcast for the match between Leicester and Newcastle at 3 p.m. Eastern, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. VEASAN EPL betcast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during those matches. So go ahead, join Nigel Seeley and Harry Samiu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the day. Not the weekend, it's usually the weekend, but since it's Friday of the day. And if you're new to in-play soccer betting, they'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. So go ahead, visit VEASAN.com slash EPL. Tune in at 3 p.m. Eastern, Friday afternoon. Again, VSIN slash EPL. It is VEASAN, the sports betting network. The show is Rush Hour. Doing it live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Danny Burke, your host. Continuing on our conversation with some betting, but we're going to switch it over to the diamond. Let's look at Major League Baseball. We were kind of talking about those underdogs with Josh Applebaum. Like he mentioned, not that much action on the night slate. All the day games were going on earlier. So instead, we're kind of going to do a little bit of an update with those division odds. We've done it frequently here and there, but just want to keep you updated on which teams still could have some value, even though they may be off to a slow start or vice versa. If a team's going off hot, look to fade them. So starting with the NL Central division we're familiar with, the Cardinals now are the short shot plus 115. The Brewers coming next at plus 130. The Reds plus 650. The Cubs plus 850 after sweeping the Dodgers and the Pirates at the bottom 100 to 1. Now we focused on this a couple times, and the Cardinals, I believe, are almost down to 2 to 1. And basically, what I was saying is have patience in terms of expecting them to play better. But if you wanted to bet them, certainly, yes, it would have been a great time to do it. That's the one, one of the bets. We had two preseason bets. It was the Nationals to make the playoffs and then the Cardinals to win the NL Central at plus 160. But again, they got as high as about 2-1 to one when Milwaukee was hot. Now, albeit Milwaukee is only a game behind, St. Louis is at the top. Brewers come next, a game behind. Cubs, 2.5. And, and then the Reds, also 2.5 back. The Pirates, four games back in the NL Central. Am I advising to bet the Cardinals? No, at this point, I wouldn't. Plus 115, too short. I still think they do win this division. So if you have a lot more conviction and think it's only going to get shorter, then yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you not to. But there's still a chance because of how tough this division always is, how long of a season it is, and how early it is, that there could be a chance Milwaukee overcomes them. Maybe even the Cubs actually surprise some people and have some consistency. The Reds are probably going to start to figure it out at some point. If I were going to make a play at all, I think there's actually some decent value with Cincinnati at plus 650. That seems a tad bit too high. Realistically, I think they should be about 4-1. to one. So if you want to get some value in the NL Central, certainly think it's with the Reds plus 650. Brewers at plus 130, too short. And again, like I've always said, don't think their offense is going to do enough to get them there. But you look at St. Louis, they're the only team with a positive run differential in the division, plus 15. The Brewers and the Cubs, both minus 6. Uh, Cincinnati right there with nothing. And then you get Pittsburgh at minus 29, so Cincinnati's even. But my point being, St. Louis is really the only one having consistently, I guess, convincing wins. So I do think, or St. Louis, so I do think the Cardinals do come out on top. But again, best value play would probably be the Reds plus 650 a couple games back as of this point. Still think the Cardinals are the smart play, though, overall in the long run, if you could get a little bit better price. Well, let's go to the other central division in the AL. We kind of talked about this with Jeff Parles the other night uh, because of the White Sox dealing with their injuries now to Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez at the beginning of the season, and the White Sox minus 143 currently. They were minus 155 the other night when we talked with Jeff. The Twins now 4-1, to Royals plus 450, 
Indians plus 550, and the Detroit Tigers at the bottom at 100 to 1. In terms of the standings, Cleveland now at the top, and then come the White Sox a half game back, Kansas City a game back, Minnesota six games back, and the Tigers are nine games back. Now, in terms of which would be the good play here, the Twins at 4-1 to one seems intriguing because we've been accustomed to Minnesota being a really solid offensive team that's always kind of at the top of this division. Them and the Indians as of late, White Sox obviously last season and this season, but six games back right now, I know it's early, but for only 4-1, to one, I, I don't like that right now. I need to see more out of Minnesota. Uh, the Indians, I'm not convinced on them whatsoever. The White Sox at minus 143, I think all I would say is wait. Wait to see if this comes down a little bit more so, and isn't nears maybe a pick then you could probably jump in on the White Sox, because I do still think they win this division. Jeff and I were talking about it, and look, the AL Central's really not that stacked, so there's a lot of opportunity for these squads. The Royals, yes, they got off to a hot start, but do they keep it up? No, probably not. So wouldn't touch anything with the Royals, but I'd probably just wait for the White Sox. Maybe the Indians get on a little bit of a run. I think Chicago's still the play here to win the AL Central, but wouldn't pull the trigger just yet. Now let's go back to the NL. Let's take a look at the NL East. This one's been probably the most fascinating to watch and keep an eye on because the Braves at plus 180 is a team that still has some good value in this division where they're only one and a half games back. I mean, the Mets are the short shot plus 125, and they're a game back. Billy, who's gotten off to a great start, they're 4-1. to one. The Nationals, 7-1. to one. Marlins, 50-1. to one. So Philly's at the top. Mets are a game behind. Like we said, Atlanta, a game and a half back. Two and a half games back for both Washington and Miami. Like I said, I bet the Nationals to make the postseason. I don't think they win this division. you got to narrow it down realistically to the Mets and the Braves. Uh, the Phillies, again, probably one of those teams that's getting off to a hotter start but not going to keep it up. They have a minus 12 run differential. The only team with a positive one is the Marlins at plus 18. But the Mets and Atlanta are both minus 8. So Matt Humans, I believe, actually took a, took a flyer on the Braves to win the division now because, look, if you trust this team to figure it out like they have in the past, plus 180 right now may not be there a week from now and consistently throughout the rest of the season. not saying it's going to happen, but there's still likelihood it could. So if you're getting close to 2-1 to one with Atlanta, remember, they were the favorite to win the division preseason. Wouldn't hate playing the Braves at plus 180 by any means. I still think this team wins the division. Probably going to be really close with them and the Mets, but at plus 180 could be a very solid price for Atlanta. And finally... Uh, let's look at the AL East before we head out here and go back to the basketball conversation with JVT. We look at the AL East. The Yankees are the favorite, minus 125 to grab a hold of the division. The Red Sox and Blue Jays both at 4-1, to one, courtesy of Bet Rivers. The Rays at 5-1, to one, and the Orioles at the bottom at 80-1. to one. Orioles are three and a half games back. Bronx Bombers are two and a half games back. Both two games behind the leader in Boston are the Toronto Blue Jays and Tampa Bay Rays. In my mind, the only team I would play here would be the Blue Jays at 4-1. to one. I wouldn't touch anything in this one because this is another division that's just going to beat up on each other every single day throughout this summer. But in terms of value, the Rays not fully convinced with them. I think the Blue Jays figure it out once they get a little bit healthier and more hitting throughout this offense. So I would look at the Blue Jays 4-1 to one before I would do anything. But probably the division I would stay away from the most. But again, the one that I do like, look at that NL East in the Atlanta Braves at plus 180. It'd be a good time to jump in on that if you think Freddie Freeman, Acuna and company can get the job done, which I think they certainly can. All right, we're switching it up, talking some more NBAs. We close out a Thursday edition of Rush Hour.
get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Again, daily hometown discounts available at rivers.com. Wrapping up yet another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at Danny Burke Vibes, where you can follow me on the tweets at MeJBT. For VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, who joins us now to talk more about the NBA. JVT, let's get right into it with the Grizzlies and the Pistons. The most appealing game? No, probably not, but maybe good for a betting opportunity in your eyes as we see Memphis is a nine-point favorite here. Total at 222. Pistons still a little bit banged up. Anything that you liked in this game? Uh, no, I mean, I didn't bet this, Danny. I, I'll say that I agreed with the line move here. Humans and I talked about it this morning on Follow the Money, where you look at 10 for a team like Memphis, and and the surface, it might seem a team like Detroit won't be able to stay within a number like that. But then you realize, like, you know, this Memphis team, for example, the month of April, one point they led the league in offensive efficiency. Sure, but that's certainly regressed. Uh, but they also were 21st in defensive efficiency in that month. So, like, this is a team that while their offense had taken a step forward, their defense had taken a step back. And when you're playing at that level of defense, your opponent's offensive floor is going to be raised. So I think when you look at this overall, you know, Detroit has garnered some headlines because they are tanking. But the young crew actually does have some things that are really solid about them, namely the way that they play defense. There are things to like about the Pistons, especially as the power rating continues to plummet here a little bit. So didn't play anything, but I agree with the market move here. The fact that this is 10, uh, open 10, 10 and a half down to nine, that makes a lot of sense to me. All right, well, let's move on to a little bit more enticing game in terms of the betting, perhaps. The Pacers and the Hawks, 7 p.m. Central time tip-off. We've Kind of mentioned this game earlier with Josh Applebaum, but Atlanta's seen some line movement in their favor. Went from a five at the opener all the way up to seven, but now it's ticked down to about six and a half. Total we're seeing at 238 and a half. Hawks coming off a game last night where they beat down Phoenix 135 to 103. Indiana is in shambles right now. Are you rolling with the Hawks in this spot based on that line movement? Because again, this Pacers team seems like a really tough squad to want to back. Yeah, I laid five earlier today, Danny. Uh, so I'm in on Atlanta, and it's pretty – I guess it's kind of surprising. I, Pacers are falling apart, to your point, right? Nate Bjorkren's staff is fighting with Goga Patadze on the sideline. Uh, things are falling apart. Adrian Wojnarowski reports that this, this staff overall is in danger of getting let go here pretty soon. So you're kind of seeing this crack at the seams for the Indiana Pacers. So it's not surprising, given all of that, given the fact that the Atlanta Hawks are healthy yet again – um, that this is going to be a side that is heavily backed. So the two-point move, you know, it makes sense. Now, obviously, there's no value in a number like that anymore. If you're going to play it, if there's sevens out there, the seven is the way to go in terms of taking it with Indiana. But, you know, this is a, an important game for both teams. Atlanta, half game behind the Knicks, who lost yesterday to the Denver Nuggets. They want to take that fourth seed in that series that is going to be Knicks and Hawks. The Pacers, right, half game over Washington for that 10 seed. They, at the very least, want a home game over the Wizards in their play-in game. So, both teams have a lot to play for in this situation right now. But you look at Indiana from a defensive standpoint. This is something I've been pointing out today and over the last few days. If you look at when they have taken on adequate offensive opponents, the Indiana Pacers have been failing defensively, and they've been failing miserably. You look at the Portland Trailblazers game a couple of games ago. Offense, or excuse me, defensive rating of 140, 129 against the Brooklyn Nets. 
You know, their schedule has been kind of soft. They have not taken on a lot of good opponents, but this Pacers team is not in a good spot. So I leave five. I think the, the Hawks are in a really good situation here against them. Yeah, I'm with you. Certainly leaning with Atlanta. No faith whatsoever in this Pacers team as of this point. And currently we're seeing Atlanta six and a half on the spread, but a good get by JVT laying the five with them. Uh, let's move on to the Warriors and the Thunder. And JVT, the Thunder team virtually tanking as of this point. But 14 and a half is a steep ask for this Golden State squad. Total at 226. The Warriors coming off that loss on Tuesday against the Pelicans, so they have enough rest, obviously, with the one day off in between for this matchup. But again, 14 and a half, does that seem still a little bit too tall despite the Thunder tanking? Uh, yeah, it's, it's 100% way too much. Look, you know, we, this is the cliche the point spread is the great equalizer. So even when you get a team like Oklahoma City, who is throwing out these inefficient lineups, who is resting guys left and right you are still going to stumble into some covers. They have covered two out of, actually, they've covered two consecutive games. They've covered three out of five, the Oklahoma City Thunder, because his power rating is just getting out of hand. The Kings were laying five and a half on the road the other day. They should not have been. The Phoenix Suns, in a terrible spot, were laying 15. They didn't cover that number. The Boston Celtics were an 11-point favorite. They lost outright to this team. And you can go even further down the list, right? Indiana Pacers, the team we just talked about. Right, they were laying a big number. I think it was nine. Didn't cover the Washington Wizards. Didn't cover twelve and a half. So th this is the point now, Danny, where you're looking at the Oklahoma City Thunder, and while you might think this team is awful, the point spread equalizes everything. Now these teams are on even footing, and the Golden State Warriors, from an offensive standpoint, one of the more inefficient teams in the NBA. So now you're asking an inefficient offense, albeit a good defense, to cover an inflated number. It's just not the case. And now you're starting to see 15s pop up. You grab one of those 15s. You know, I'm in. It's just, again, a situation where the market is just way out over its skis right now. The Thunder are bad, but now you're talking about inflated numbers with no value where it's going to be Thunder or pass from here on out for the rest of the season. All right, and speaking on the Warriors, their odds to reach the playoffs, JVT. The yes is plus 108, the no is minus 137. Looks like Oubre is going to be out for a couple weeks at least. Do you think the Warriors find a way to sneak in past the playing game and get into one of the eighth or seventh seeds? You know, it depends, I guess, like on the like how the bracket falls, who their opponents are going to be. I think they really want like a team like Memphis uh, to beat the Portland Trailblazers so they can get a crack at Portland in their 27th ranked defense, right? That makes it a little bit easier for Steph Curry. And then from a defensive standpoint, you as a team can kind of handle that situation. The Spurs are kind of sliding at this point right now. They lost Derek White, third leading scorer. So the, the path is there. And I would like, I think I'd want a little bit more of the plus price on them, but it's very realistic that they make it there, Danny. The problem is, is, and this is the issue that I've had with Golden State this entire time, you can't be relying on a single player to do all of your dirty work offensively. You know, he's been playing really well, Steph Curry, but remember that 14-game stretch where he was averaging about 40 points per game? They were still 18th in offensive efficiency during that stretch. And now Kelly Oubre, at least one of the guys who can, like, semi-create his own shot is another offensive valve for them. If he's not going to be on the floor, this team really has nothing outside of Curry. And so in those non-Curry minutes, those are going to be a problem. And even when Curry's out there, he's just going to be taking a load of the action. So the path is there, but realistically, you should be getting more odd. You should be getting more in your favor if you want to bet that. So I don't think there's really much value in it. All right, JVT, let's go to the late game tonight with the Lakers and the Clippers. Not as fun as it should have been because LeBron James is going to be out of the mix. And we see the Clippers as an eight-and-a-half point favorite. Shorter total here at 211.5. How do you think Anthony Davis fares with his squad tonight against the team across town and the Clippers? I mean, you've mentioned it before a lot. This Anthony Davis team leading the Lakers just is not as good as a lot of people thought they could be. No, and remember, it's not just like the Anthony. It's 
it's Anthony Davis by himself, but it's like really Anthony Davis by himself, right? We have the fact that Taylor Horton Tucker is questionable. We'll see if he's going to play. No LeBron, as we already know. Dennis Schroeder is already out. And so, like, this is what we're talking about here. If, if Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't play, this is another guy who can kind of create a little bit more off of the dribble than anybody else on this roster. And now you're talking about a team, Danny, that offensively, like, watch them tonight. Every offensive possession, for the most part, with AD on the floor is going to be a post-up, and let's see if you can work off of that. There's not going to be a lot of pick-and-roll action. There's not a lot of guys who can attack off the bounce, especially if THT's not going to be out there. So this is kind of a problem for this team. You go back to that win over Denver. They needed it. They got it. It was really solid. But it's a shorthanded Denver team that is almost nothing in the backcourt that you held to well under a point per possession, while you yourself averaged under a point per possession. Now you get the Los Angeles Clippers essentially whole at this point right now. Only guy on the injury report is now Serge Ibaka, Amir Coffey, too, if you want to throw him in there. But, like, this is a team that is now starting to round into form in terms of health. So I understand the market going from 7.5 to 8.5. You're asking the Los Angeles Lakers to perform very well defensively here. Like, and you have to, we're talking about, like, well under a point per possession. You're holding Los Angeles Clippers to then kind of supplant your poor offense. So, it's just not a really realistic path. Now, there's no value in the number anymore, right? Open seven and a half up to eight and a half. Wouldn't be surprised to see the Clippers cover, but I, I didn't have anything in terms of, of wanting to play this. I, if it was going to be like six and a half, I, you can talk me into laying it with the lay of the Clippers, but it, obviously we never got near to that number. Yeah, I'm kind of with the eight and a half. It's a little bit of a tricky spot at this point, but tough to trust this Lakers team that's banged up. And, you know, JBT, we, we've asked you this, I feel like, the last couple of times that we've been on, but with the Western Conference odds, the Lakers still the short shot, plus 175. Then you get the Clippers at plus 240. To me, the only two teams I would play, well, right now would just be the Clippers because the Suns odds have come down a little bit. They're about 9-1. to one. But I, And I know you wouldn't play a short shot like the Lakers, but even if they're healthy, do you still like Los Angeles despite how much time those guys have missed? Uh, you talking about the Clippers? Oh, the Lakers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, like, no, the, the Lakers, look, the, to me, Danny, the Clippers are, are the team in the Western Conference. You know, the, the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have already surpassed the amount of possessions that they played from a season ago. The, the, the good thing for Los Angeles, the Clippers, is that the star or the injuries to their team were to the ancillary pieces for the most part, right? Like the guys who have missed a majority of the amount of time for this team have been Patrick Beverly, have been Serge Ibaka. Not so much Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, although both have missed some time here, as opposed to the other teams around them. Jamal Murray, of course, is not going to come back. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, banged up recently. The Los Angeles Lakers, we know what's going on with them. Eastern Conference, we know what's happening with Brooklyn. This is like the shoe is on the other foot at this point right now. Last year, the question for the Clippers was, are we ever going to see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard together? This year, we've seen a lot more of them together already, and those lineups are absolutely fantastic. Plus 17 is the net rating. Haven't checked for a couple days, so that might be adjusted a little bit given the most recent results. And this is still a really dynamic team. Best three-point shooting team. One of the best records in the league in the second half. One of the better defensive efficiencies in the second half. And it's almost ironic that the other teams around them are also dealing with these injury issues. Oh, by the way, we're talking about winning records against the Phoenix Suns, against the Utah Jazz, and against the Los Angeles Lakers this season. So, like, they match up well with the teams around them, too. So, yeah, I don't think there's really value there. At one point, you could have gotten the Clippers at 8-1 to win the uh, the whole thing, and that was the number that was right. valued in it. I'm with you, my man. At me, JBT's Ricky Ketchum on Twitter. Jonathan, thanks for hopping out for usual, my man. Take it easy. That's going to wrap up another edition of Rush Hour. Take care, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow for a Friday edition from all of us here at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.